The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. He's like, oh my gosh, what did I just walk into <laughs> I know. here? He, no, he knows this pretty good. I got I to gotta tell you, it's, it's you fortuitous. Mm-hmm. Is that a word? Oh, yeah. It's fortuitous that you would be here today. Can and you this spell would fortuitous? Be, I don't is need it, to. No, it's I'm radio. Saying, it's a tricky word. <laughs> is it? There's an I, yeah. Well, yeah. I got to go. I actually think I got to Google it. <laughs> All right, you Google that. I'll talk to the doctor. So yesterday we had uh, Grant Fedorik on from Leading Edge Physiotherapy mm-hmm. talking about neck pain mm-hmm. and that sometimes can be caused by stress. Mm-hmm. And near the end of the show yesterday, uh, we had a story about a different icebreakers that you could use in a conversation other than what's your name and what do you do? Uh-huh. And one of them was, what is your greatest fear? Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's just funny because as you ask these questions, of course, you formulate what the answer is in your head. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't really intended to do that. I was just throwing the information out there. And I realized, and I've been thinking about it ever since, what my greatest fear is. My greatest fear is failure. Uh. And it causes me stress. Yes. And and it's not that I'm a perfectionist or anything like that, but I fear failure. Mm-hmm. And. I know that that has got to be on item number one on your list of what causes stress. Well, actually, actually, item it is a, it is a big deal. Like mm-hmm. fail, uh, fear of failure, and in the, it's interesting because the flip side of that, the fear of success, mm. is also a huge oh. thing, right? Believe, like it's weird, right? Because you'd think, why would you be afraid of success? Yeah, why would you? Right, but the the issue is that uh, sometimes we feel we don't deserve it. Sometimes we feel it's going to oh. make us a target. Sometimes we feel it's going to you know expose us or whatever. How right? it changes your life. Oh, how a lot it, of people think yeah. that you know. Yeah. Well, it's great. There's there's downsides that come with great oh, success. Oh, absolutely, right? And that's the no, thing. And, and I you wouldn't know. know. <laughs> well, you'd like to find out. Yeah, right? sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the, the thing is... Um, the the human mind unconscious i think we value um familiarity over you know success for example so whatever is familiar to us the routine whatever has been going on for a long time we value that at an unconscious level so that when we change out of that that act that change even if it's for, towards something better causes stress so they have the stress scale and one of the things at the top of the stress scale is winning the lottery believe it or not. So really, this, yeah, yeah. So because it changes your life in such a big and profound way that people feel a lot of stress when they win the lottery because things, you know, are not yeah. the same. So yeah, so like fear of success is an issue, fear of failure is an issue, but really the number one thing that stresses out, like the, the number one external thing mm. is actually money. Uh, mm, money is the number surprising. one cause of stress that people identify in their individual lives and also the number one cause of stress in the in their relationship. Yeah, it's often uh, cited as the number one reason why couples break up, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Arguments yeah. over money. Yeah. Kids are number two for couples, right? Like huh. parenting and stuff like that, yeah. Hey, just cycle back for a second and sure. then we can go with this. When you said people like to stay in... in I don't know how you said it, but mm-hmm. they become familiar or comfortable with whatever the routine. Whatever is, yeah. the routine mm-hmm. is, yeah. is that the reason why people sometimes jump from one bad relationship to another? Because it's they, what you know, it's what you know. Yeah, yeah, totally, absolutely oh. right. Yeah, so you, it, like, it's it's even deeper than that sometimes. So if you grow up in a dysfunctional family, for example, which most of us do, right? Yeah. Um, but whatever your flavor of dysfunction is, <laughs> you will you will 
um, unconsciously find someone that is close to that flavor if you're not careful and and make a relationship with them and be, because it's it's familiar even though you say you swear up and down you don't want it you swear up and down you don't like it there's something about this individual that sort of like ah oh, I just I just feel comfortable with this person mm. it just feels like home so how and, do you not you know, do that well the first thing is to be aware of this mm-hmm. right to be aware that this is a thing that we do if we're not paying attention and and also to look at what is best for me versus what is most comfortable for me. Because the the truth is everything that feels comfortable has gotten us to exactly where we are right now. Everything that we have right now is because we've been doing whatever is comfortable. Mm -hmm. If we want something different, we have to, by virtue of that, feel uncomfortable for a while. So if you want something different, understand that it's going to make you feel weird. But attraction plays into that, though. Yeah. I know this isn't specifically what we came to talk no, no. about, but <laughs> I'm quite fascinated by this topic now. So as I was by your other one, but we'll, well, we'll we can get do that one next it. time. That's sure, fine. sure. But so, you know, so I have a domineering mother grew up sure. with or what? And that's not true, but I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. So that's the circumstance. So now I end up in a relationship or a series of relationships with women who are quite similar to that. I don't want to blame mm-hmm. everything on my parents, but... Mm-hmm. But there's an attraction factor where you say, okay, I recognize now that I'm attracted to people who don't help me or who don't make me a better person or right. who don't make me happy. Right. Uh, but if that's what you're naturally attracted to, how do you tell yourself, I'm now attracted to this woman who is completely different than that, even though I'm not? Well, so, yeah, I mean, well, look, at we can be attracted to a lot of stuff that's really bad for us, like drugs or alcohol or gambling. There's a lot of things that we would like mm. that are not necessarily good for us in the long term. And so we have to think about what... What is it we want? Do we want to give in to the feeling and the mood at the moment? Or do we want to think more long-term, more big picture, and think about what's going to be good for us? If I go through a series of really crappy relationships with basically the same person with a different name, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. Um, then i got to think about something. Well, you know, maybe this is a pattern that I have, and maybe I'm attracted to the wrong type of people for me. Sure. Either I need to change how I interact with these people in the relationship, or I need to look at why I'm attracted to this type of person. And then, you know, do some work and maybe, get, well, this is where the professionals come in, right? Because this is really hard to do on your own because we can't really, we're not objective into our own situation, really. Um, but this is this can then help you to say, okay, well, what would be better for me? And let's see if there's something that I can get used to or, or familiar with in that better situation that I can actually find attractive. And, and the the being uncomfortable part is tough. Mm-hmm. It is tough. But it's interesting, you know, I talked to, you know, so many folks who maybe have lost their jobs mm-hmm. and within six months they say it was the best thing Absolutely. that's ever happened to them because yeah. they're out of that comfort factor. They were forced into an uncomfortable yep. position and had to take a close look at what they wanted Absolutely. to do where they wanted to go in their life, how they wanted to live their life, and moved forward and have kicked it out of the ballpark. Yep. Well, what's the, what's the saying? Necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah. 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 So th- that's the thing. Sometimes the universe got to give you a kick in the butt to mm-hmm. help you to do the thing you say you need to do or want mm-hmm. to do, because we we value almost above all things we value comfort and and uh, you know familiarity so yeah sometimes you have to something has to happen this is why you know I work with a lot of people uh, right now who are either entrepreneurs or business people or whatever and they're retiring or they're selling their company or they're looking to pass it on to the kids or whatever right and and that's that's that transition seems like it would be real easy because this is what you worked your whole life for but there's so much that changes right in terms of 
your social structures at work or your sense of, you know, um, identity is somewhat mm-hmm. locked up in the thing. You know, if you build it from scratch, then it's your baby. You know what I mean? All this other stuff. So now I'm looking at retirement. I want to, I do this is what I've worked really hard for. And now I don't know what I'm going to do with myself and mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen. You hear that you know a lot, I mean? don't yeah, you? Oh, totally, yeah, totally, totally. Right. But this is, this is why I think that proactively talking to a professional or even looking at these issues is a very positive thing to do because then, you know, instead of having the big crisis, you have a whole bunch of little questions, mm-hmm. right, that you start to ask yourself about what is what is it that I really want and why do I want it, right? Why do I want it is, also, is even more important. And so a whole bunch of stuff now starts to become conscious for us as opposed to just sort of living our lives unconsciously because it's comfortable for us. And just going along, doing the oh, same yeah. old, same old. Oh, yeah. Do you know, I can see when you said earlier that one of the number one stress situations was winning the lottery. Yeah. That's because you've never won a lottery before. <laughs> and I can see where retirement would be the same thing. I've never retired before. Right. So I thought it would be great. Yeah. And then it almost immediately doesn't meet my expectations. Yeah. I, well, I can totally see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you, you, well, we build it up, right? And, and this is the problem, I think, with a lot of the way generally we live is we live kind of swept along by the currents of whatever our culture is doing at the time, right? Um, so it's like, <clears throat> so he, okay, you're you're old enough now, you know, when are you going to graduate? Okay, you graduated. When are you going to settle down with somebody nice? Mm-hmm. Okay, you settled down. Okay, good. When are you guys going to, yeah, yeah. When are you going to get engaged? Okay, you're engaged now. When are you going to get married? Okay, do you have a house yet? When's that kid coming? Do you know what I mean? And before you know it, you're down this road that you may not have consciously chosen, <laughs> but because it was expected of you, you're there, right? And this is, this is why people have what they consider midlife crises. I love midlife crises because it's a time when people wake up, if they do it right, they can live the rest of their lives consciously, and it's much more fulfilling for a lot of people. 316 on the 630 Chet Afternoon News. Dr. Gans Ferentz joining us in studio for another episode of How Does That Make You Feel? Uh, we'll get back on topic here. Yeah. kind of all or, goes together. Or, or maybe, you know, yeah, we'll we'll just keep chatting. Whatever. You know what, though? Okay, it kind of all goes together, though, when you're talking it's about all this. stress The causing, things right? are, are yeah. stressing you yeah. out. So we'll explore it a little bit, but um, on point is the four ways you're thinking is stressing you out. Man, if you could just turn your brain off, wouldn't that be <laughs> ideal? The animal's uh, got it right. Yeah, we'll take a, a quick break here. Back with more right after this. Dr. Gans Ferentz in studio this afternoon. How does that make you feel? Things that are stressing you out. There you go. You mentioned before the break that there's four ways your thinking is stressing you out. So what are those ways? Uh, well, number one is um, all or nothing thinking. Mm. So really black or white thinking, right? Perfectionism. So like w- one of the things that really hampers us is thinking that if we're not going to be perfect at something, we shouldn't try. So don't even start, right? And this goes back to what you were saying before, Andrew, about the fear of failure, right? Mm-hmm. And so it really connects with that because a lot of people, because they don't want to fear, don't want to fail, or they are, you know, kind of even scared of looking stupid or looking like they don't know, they never try, mm-hmm. right? And so that that really, really, really limits their life and their experience of joy and their growth and all that other stuff, right? sets in though I, f- I find with you know you see a lot of kids and I look at my, my nieces and you know my nephews and they don't want people to show up and watch 
their basketball here. game. They right. don't want you. And I don't know why that is. You're an all-star athlete. Maybe mm-hmm. is it pressure or is it because you're afraid you're not going to play as well? But that starts at a young age, I find, with with uh, with, with some people. That yeah. fear of failure that... It, it, that I don't know, maybe that you're just not being perfect. Right, and I'm, I'm not sure where that comes from or if it's just like a human thing, but yeah. uh, you know, one of the shows I really loved when my kids were small was Magic School Bus, right? Yeah. And one of the things that um, the teacher character, Mrs. Frizz, Miss Frizz, <laughs> on there, I see, I still remember, it's awesome. I watch that for fun sometimes. Wait a minute, you watched <laughs> this with your kids or this was your well, show? Well, you know, I liked it too, right? All right, so, fair. Yeah. But what she always said was, hey, let's get dirty, let's make mistakes, let's see what happens. Do you know what I mean? And it was really encouraging the kids to try things, not to think they had to be perfect. I think right now one of the things that concerns me with some um, the ways people think about certain things is there's so much of a, an emphasis on grades and making sure you get the top marks or making sure you you qualify for this or that or whatever that we forget that's really about learning. And actually when the kids are little, all pretty much till grade 11 or 12, it's really about um, inspiring them to... To learn, to mm-hmm. to be interested in a subject, to uh, get better at it, and to try things so that they build the capacity for exploration and and success. In doing that, you have to fail. You can't go into school, go can't start a class knowing everything in the class. That's the whole purpose of the class <laughs> is to learn it. So you have to know that it's all right. One of my favorite quotes is. Um, if you would improve, be content to be thought stupid and a fool. <laughs> you're going to be stupid before you're going to look like a fool before you get to be an expert. That's just how it is. But you have to have that mindset in order to do it. Does that pressure to be perfect come from the child or the, the kid or the teenager or does it come from the parent? Well, I think I think some of everywhere. Yeah, because society. Yeah, society in general. You know, uh, we we. We tend to worship, at, you know, big quotations around worship, um, people who are super successful, right? And the, the person who wins, wins the Grammys or wins the sports championship or is the MVP or whatever. And people think they got to be that in order to be uh, happy, right? Um, one person, I can't remember who it was. I think it was, he was a rapper or he is a rapper, actually. And uh, he says, look, you know what? Every, success is personally defined. Um, there are, there's, you know, somebody living right now making 50 grand a year or 30 mm-hmm. grand a year who's happy, he's got some good kids mm-hmm. and loves loving wife and you know what I mean? And drives a, like a Pontiac, whatever is five years old and is happy. Yeah. yeah. That person's successful. Yeah. Right. It doesn't mean you have to have a billion dollars or be on TV all the time or anything like that. Right. Do, so, do you know how many times during the course of a, a month somebody goes, uh, I think you're going to be a success? Or I think <laughs> I thought I was. I'm feeling pretty successful right <laughs> yeah, now. I'm not on SNL, but I'm doing pretty good. Uh, let right. me ask you about this when talking about this particular subject. So I have three grandchildren now uh-huh. and I've heard uh, different parents and relatives say things like, oh, He's so inquisitive, you know he's going to be a doctor or, (laughs) you know, when they get a little older. The way she likes to argue, I'll bet you she'll be a lawyer. Are we kind of adding to the problem by setting those expectations that if you're anything but a doctor or a lawyer, you fail? Well, you know, and and I think a lot of people say those things, well, well well-meaning. 
Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, it's a compliment. So, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think that can be a bit of an issue, right? And so, you know, to balance that, what it's important to say is, you know, yeah, you can be a lawyer, you can be a doctor, or you can be anything else you want, mm-hmm. right? Anything you want to do, that's what's important. And, and, and like we have to, as a society, but especially as parents, really have to define what success is for ourselves and then talk about that with and in front of our kids, okay? Because it's not even the stuff we say to our kids, it's the stuff they hear us Mm -hmm. talking about when they're just sort of in the room. I think one of the big, you know, light bulb moments is, you know, know, my youngest kid who's played football all of Mm -hmm. his life, his his dad's coached football all of his life, all of that sort of stuff, but when he finally said, you know what, I don't want to play football anymore, Mm -hmm. just he was done playing football, but he was afraid it was going to hurt our feelings, right? right? It was one of those, it was, he was going to hurt our feelings. Well, it's like, no, you need to do what's best for you, but... Yeah, it was a real kind of watershed moment at that time. Right. It's like, no, sweetie, you do what you have to do. Oh yeah. But that was huge for him. It, it, well, it's 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 freedom. It's emancipation, yeah. right? Yeah. And and parenting is such a weird thing because we we have these little people that we're in charge of that we're supposed to grow and help them to prepare for life and prepare for an independent life. <laughs> but then sometimes we we don't know when that time is to let go, right? <laughs> yeah. And we don't always we don't always yeah. tell them that no, this is your life. You have to make these decisions. You we're here for as consultants. We'll listen to you. We'll give you your advice. But you know you got to figure out what's good what's good for you and what's going to work for you, right? And and that is, that's a huge sense of freedom. And, you know, really, as you were saying, Andrew, it kind of takes that pressure off. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess I don't have to be a lawyer. Even if I am inquisitive, yeah. I don't have to be a doctor. I can be a researcher. Or I can right. be whatever, a singer, and I can just be inquisitive mm-hmm. on the side or whatever, right? And the strength of a few words is oh. uh, almost oh. immeasurable, right? Yeah. When I, 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 like your stepson, not wanting to quit football, I wanted to be a comedian years before I was a comedian, mm-hmm. but I thought my dad would be so disappointed if mm-hmm. I quit my job. Yeah. And when I finally did, his words to me were, well, then be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> and it, oh, and back it was, to the pressure again. Yeah, yeah awesome. But, but you know what? That's I'm totally cool with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. As long as it wasn't, a, have you lost your <laughs> mind, right? Yeah. Um, just those few words. I've never forgotten it. Yeah. Be a good one, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's that, it's that freedom and, and to know that, you know, we're, we are able to make our own choices with that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, back to the all or nothing thinking, right? If you have that, none of that stuff shows up for you. You never get to try stuff. You never get to see what you like, what you don't like. You know, because you're too busy worrying about looking perfect all the time, right? <laughs> and, and I always say, um, and it's not my quote, but uh, it takes a lot of courage to be imperfect, right? Mm-hmm. It takes a lot. Like a Got the music. 337 on the 630 Chat Afternoon News. Dr. Gans joining us in studio this afternoon for another episode of How Does That Make You Feel? We're talking about the way that you think. Right. It's stressing out. Four ways. You're thinking your job is stressing you. You think your kids are stressing you. This is you. This is like, what's going on in between those ears? (laughs) Well, I love love the Shakespeare quote. It said, there is neither good nor bad, but thinking makes it so. So So speaking of thinking, number two on your uh, list was overgeneralization. So I know what that means, but in respect to this conversation, what does it mean? Sure. So, like, you know, well, 
good science, for example, right? Good science is you you look at a situation, you see, you gather evidence, you gather information, and then based on the information, you come up with a theory that supports or explains what you see. Okay, mm-hmm. um, that's how science works. Uh, now, overgeneralization is I look at one piece of information or maybe two and I come up with something and that's all there is. So, you know, I tried to talk to this girl one time and she blew me off. So I guess I'm going to be alone forever until, you know, the, the sun explodes. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's overgeneralization. Mm. Right. That's kind of a funny, funny, ridiculous example. But this is stuff we do all the time. We don't actually take the time to gather more information. We look at something maybe one, you know, especially if it's a, an intense experience. I'm Never gonna love anyone That's again. Right. Remember, I'm like, unlovable. Yeah, like that. yeah, right, right, oh right. right. Uh, I'm gonna be alone forever. Yeah, I do remember those thoughts. Okay, right. So th- yeah. that, when we do it in more subtle, less obvious ways, all the time uh-huh. as well. And so you know, this again, being aware, right, says, okay, am I doing this? Am I overgeneral? Am I making a general statement about things? based on just one or a few examples and is that accurate that's how we combat some of this stuff and and so we can then gather more information maybe you know maybe she just didn't like people this tall or maybe she was married or mm-hmm. maybe whatever there mm-hmm. could be a whole bunch of reasons why she blew me off hmm. believing what you feel is oh, absolutely true. Yeah, what does that I mean? I love this one. So, okay. You've, everybody's seen the Snickers commercials, right? You're, yeah. you're not I'm yourself hungry. when you're hungry. Right. Right? right. Okay. You're not yourself when you're tired or lonely or pissed off or mm-hmm. you're not yourself, right? So you're not going to make good decisions in that state. You're not going to see things clearly in that state. But the, the thing is, we think we do. We think the more angry we are, the more clear we are. So that person is obviously wrong because I was so angry and I thought this or I heard this or I thought I heard this and so obviously this is what it is well we may not be that may not be the case okay so this this that particular one is all about managing your own state and being aware of your own state so yes there may be some information we need to pay attention to because if we keep getting upset at the same thing maybe there's something there but wait till you're in a better state you're well fed you're well rested you're calmer and then look at it and if there is something that's there that's consistent then you can address it but a lot of times there's you know we want to have these big reactions based on something we're feeling in the moment when in a calmer state we it might be like a little pebble hmm. bouncing and off your we've chest we've talked about this before you have said don't be you know getting into a, a major mm. di- when you're when you're when you're hungry when you're tired well, there's the like, yeah, a halt. Treat. yeah yeah halt yeah hungry angry lonely tired yeah hungry yeah. angry lonely tired mm-hmm. and and i've mentioned this before and we've talked about it is about having your safe word your the, mm-hmm. the word that's going to say okay we can stop this discussion right here this heated whatever it is um and pick it up when we've both oh, yeah. pumped the brakes a little bit yep. or whoever it is that you're involved yep. with well, yeah. I, I, I teach that with couples and families, actually, mm-hmm. with my clients, and because there's there's a whole there's a whole little protocol we go through about you know when you, what, what's the safe word, what do you what do you do when you what is called, how do you go to your separate places, how do you settle down, how do you what do you do to look after yourself so you're in a better state? Because you're absolutely right. 
I mean, couples, for example, they'll have the same argument for 20 years, right? It's like it's never, <laughs> yeah. it never gets never resolved, ends, yeah. but it always shows up like at 1130 at night mm-hmm. when you just had a long day. And you know what I mean? It's like, it just keeps coming. So I'm, so, tr- I'm trying to wrap my head around this. Is this, is, are you talking about a sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy kind of situation? Like I'm angry mm-hmm. because my computer won't work. So mm-hmm. I pound the keyboard and then <laughs> suddenly the screen goes black and I go, there it is. I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> well, that's a whole nother one. Oh, that's, is it? Right, yeah. Yeah. So that you, you, you create what you, what you create or attract or, or whatever, um, a bad situation because of your reaction. Right. But this, this is more, this is more a little, um, trick of your mind. So when, when we're feeling intensely, whatever, emotional, okay, we are like, our thinking does certain things and it's like, it basically turns up the volume on anything negative that we might be experiencing. Right. So we think it's much bigger than it is. And then our reaction also gets turned up. So I the see. reaction is also bigger. So would the positive but then we side of that it. be true as well? Um, I love her. Everything about her is perfect. When she talks, yeah. it's music. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that would be. That would be. I mean, it's it's a little more. It's a little different because typically you're not out of like a like you know you're not out of a, out of a good state in that position, right. right? You're usually well fed or happy or whatever, right? Right. But, fair, but this yeah. is this is the whole basis of what they used to call brainwashing, or you know, if you're inducted into a cult or whatever, they they, they do this, right? So, you know, bad psychologists, right? Mm-hmm. Come up with this thing where they'd starve you, they deny you of protein, they'd wake you up all times of the yeah, night, yeah. they don't let you sleep, they isolate you, and then they feed you information after a while you believe it. Oh, it sounds like right. radio. <laughs> <laughs> Although there's the occasional timbits. There you go. So, yeah. Go scrape them up in the kitchen downstairs. Um, yeah, I- interesting. The, 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 your brain, you just kind of... <sighs> Play so many little games, you know. It's it's wonderful when you're all happy and everything is just kind of copacetic, mm-hmm. moving along. But you know, every any kind of little variable in in whatever it is, and there's so many different ways mm-hmm. to get stressed out well, in this society anymore. It, it is, yeah. And and this is why I think you know, I, I, the longer I do this, the more I realize the majority of my time needs to be spent watching and being aware of and managing my own state. Mm-hmm. Because if I can manage my state well. I usually got a pretty good idea, pretty good shot at being successful at whatever it is I'm doing. An interesting part of this, what, what I, when I really learned this, was when I had my first midterm at U of A. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it was a physics exam, and I, yeah, <laughs> I actually like physics, and I, I did well in physics in high school, so I was looking forward to this. So it was something on simple motion, right? And so I studied, I prepared, I did all the stuff, and they said to come there early, have be prepared. So I showed up early. I was confident, but I get there and everybody's freaking out, right? It's like, oh my goodness, this is going to be such a hard test, ah, right? And they're panicking and I start looking around and it's like, wow, they're really panicking. I'm, I'm not panicking, I'm feeling pretty good. But then I started to panic about not panicking. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, wait what a second. How, what, what, yeah, exactly. What yeah. Are they, those guys look pretty smart. I mean, I don't yeah. know what, what's going on with me. How come I'm not worried? Maybe I studied the wrong stuff. Maybe I don't know what I'm doing. Oh my goodness, right? And I could start to feel myself start to sweat and start to hyperventilate. Uh, we, you know, the other class came out, we all went in, and these guys are rifling through their notes and they're going through, and I'm like, I didn't even bring notes with me. Oh my goodness, what's going <laughs> to happen, right? So by the time the teacher came in, I was just in full panic mode. They handed out the the, the sheet with the, the answer sheet, um, where you know blank piece of paper, but on the cover is just like the official university seal and all mm-hmm. this fine print about what will happen if they catch you cheating and stuff. Right? I'm totally panicked. By the time I actually got to the test, it was four questions. I did all four questions. I handed it in. 
I got 25% and I failed my test. So I had to end up dropping the class, right? So, but you knew in hindsight that you knew that well, stuff, right? What was interesting was a few days after that, I was on the bus and I reached into my pocket in my coat and there was this piece of paper in there and I was like, what is, what is this? I pull it out. It's the questions for the test, right? It's the four questions. So on the bus, no prep, no calculator. I, in three minutes, I answered all four questions, got 100%, <laughs> right? So my state took me out of the play, hmm. right? 3.46, uh, a quick break here when we come back. Not recognizing choice. Dr. Mm-hmm. Gans explains what that's all about. Yeah, you're not turning your mic on. It's so stressing me out. There you go. Just making sure you're awake. Yeah, What's you stressing me out? <laughs> me not turning my mic on. Um, your brain's stressing you out. You tend to, we tend to do it uh, a lot to ourselves. Um, uh, point four, Dr. Gans's notes this afternoon is not recognizing choice using should, <laughs> ought, and must. Oh yes. Using oh, yes. what to proper language or empowering language? Yeah, you want to use. You listen. You, you want to have choice. When we don't have choice, we feel trapped. And if you ever dealt with a trapped animal, they're mm-hmm. not fun to deal with. And <laughs> You know, we have the same nervous system as an animal. We just got extra brain on top of that, right? And so when when you feel like you have no choice, you're not, you're, you know, just going back to the last point, you're out of state, okay? Your state is not good, and so you don't make good choices. You may push and have some form of success, but not nearly as, as well as you could if you felt that you had a choice. So what's the example? Like, oh, I have to go to work? <laughs> yeah, sure. That's a great one. Right. Yeah. I have to go to work. And the truth is you don't have to go to work. There's lots of people who don't work. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you choose to go to work because you'd like to continue to eat, right? Sure, <laughs> like, yeah. <you> know, <laughs> that would be nice, yeah. right? Or, or, or better yet, I, you know, I'm choosing to go to work because I'd like to keep my job because, you know, I'm saving up for that boat I always wanted. All of a sudden, you know, your energy changes around that and you start to feel, okay, you know, it's about the boat. It's not about having to do something. There's a whole branch of wow, therapy. Wow, that, that was just a light bulb moment yeah, right there. Yeah, for me too. Big light bulb yeah. moment right there. Is Gans. it as easy as yeah. that, though, just changing oh, the absolutely. language? Like, I choose to go to work Listen, today. It doesn't, happen, it doesn't happen immediately, but I would right. suspect, yeah, as you build that up. But, but, it, but everything is our choice. Okay, so let, let me, let, let's do this experiment, okay? So what is your favorite baked dessert? What is your, like, what do you love? White cake with chocolate icing. Okay. What about you, Joe? My mom's homemade coffee cake. Okay. I love cinnamon buns. Okay. okay. So if you think about your 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 baking, that mm-hmm. thing that you know, and you're smelling it, and you can actually like think about what that is and what it's gonna mm-hmm. taste like and you smell it's just oh it's just really good, right? I don't know about you guys, but my mouth's actually watering mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit. Yours too? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you something. Did somebody bring any of those things into the room here at all? No, no of course no. not. Okay. Yeah. So why are we having a physiological response in our bodies to something that doesn't exist? Hmm. Because you're thinking about yeah. it. That's how powerful your mind is. Okay. So yes, it is. It is like that. So when, it's words, but it's perspective too, right? It, well, it's uh, this, so we say a lot of stuff out loud. We say yeah. way more stuff in our heads. Right. Okay. And and what we say, the the, the language we use has consequences when 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 you say i have to do this right it's like oh 
it, it drains you of energy. Mm-hmm. When you say, I, I'm choosing to do this, even if you don't like to do it, right. right? But you might like the outcome, or you might like what it gets you, or you might like to like not have the alternative, right? And, and you, you understand it as a choice. It frees you up. It gives you energy. It, it helps you have a different experience of it, and you can actually do better. There was a, I, I cut out a, a quote from a magazine mm-hmm. ages ago, and I, Lance Armstrong at one point repeated it, but it's something along the lines, and I'm trying to, mm-hmm. but it was like the, pers- the perspective in which you live your life, mm-hmm. it's up to you to decide every day. Absolutely. Right? It is the, the whether you wanted to go See, into work being crabby right. or do you want to go and happy. You yep. make that mm-hmm. decision every day. That's why I talk, you know, I said, is it words or is it perspective or is it both? Because... If you don't, even if you don't enjoy your job, mm-hmm. but you work to go on vacation, right. then each day you work brings you a day closer Absolutely. to vacation. So if yeah. you look at it that way, like, hey, when I get through today, I'm just a yeah. day away so from not, or a week away so, from yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it's not, oh, I have to go to work. Right. It's, oh, I have to go to work because I want that vacation. Or exactly. I, I, would, I would even change that. I wouldn't say I have to go to work because I want the vacation. I'm choosing to go to work I'm because I also there want the go. vacation, mm-hmm. right? So I'm choosing. I always want to give myself empowering language, okay? Um, y- y- our, our language is very, very important, guys. It's uh-huh. like extremely important. But like so, you say, not only our, our outward audible language, yeah. but our internal language, the, the right? internal one's even more powerful. Every right. time I do a long drive mm-hmm. to do a gig, mm-hmm. I think in the car about what that gig represents in mm-hmm. terms of paying for my son's university yeah. or I'm going to pay off that credit card or... I think about that all the time. Exactly. That you know, hey, well, you know what? Tomorrow when I wake up, yeah, that credit card's paid. That's that right. Kind of thing. That's right. Or you know, so, another way to do it. Uh, the the folks that do sort of the Zen kind of approach to life is like, okay, I'm actually you know, I'm actually enjoying the drive. I feel my butt in the seat, and I feel I like the feeling yeah. of, the, of the steering wheel in my hand. Oh, look at the scenery that's going by. Okay, and before you know it, you're there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I loved that there was a, an episode of The Simpsons, and I think it was Lisa was saying, you know how come you don't have any pictures of us dad around the house and you know there's a long you know half an hour segment or whatever right but at the end he said i have my pictures where they make the most where i can where they have the most impact and they're at his his crappy job at the power plant Uh, right there you see all the pictures of the kids and and that's what his motivation was for getting up and doing this job that he hated and whatever right and i thought that was such a wonderful powerful thing you're quoting the simpsons oh hey man (laughs) what'd you need that degree for (laughs) you get wisdom from anywhere <laughs> uh, Dr. Gans joining us in studio this afternoon. Do you have any uh, sessions coming up? I don't have anything on the go okay. just yet, but I do have a book coming Ooh. out at some point here in the new year, and awesome. it's really talking about some of this stuff. So okay. you got yeah, a book coming tuned. out? Yeah. yeah, working on that. Oh, so. wow, we're going to have to talk yeah, about that. It's called The Me Factor. I, are you probably going to end up doing a signing somewhere once it's out? One I don't want to get things. ahead of you. Yep, yep. One of these days. All yep. right. So well, I want to come soon. to that and have you acknowledge that you know who I That's am. That's right. Okay. All right. <laughs> I found that quote, and it's uh-huh. uh, the way you live your life. The perspective you select is a choice you make every single day when you wake up. It's yours to decide. Absolutely. That's, yeah, that's kind of going. And that was pinned to my... Um, what do you call it? That in in my vehicle mm-hmm. for years. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what happened to it. Mm. 
obviously but, changed perspective at one point. But, but, but see, that's a, that's a but great... But kept me going for Yeah, a while. exactly, exactly. Put put these quotes up to remind you of, you know, what works and what doesn't yeah. work, right? Oh, I've got friends. I've got them all on, oh, the, yeah. on the bathroom mirror and... I got stuff all over stuff. my wall in front of my Do desk. You? I got all sorts of stuff there. But, I, I you know, the one I love the most, well, not, not the most, but one I, I really love is that whole thing about thinking, right? No, neither good nor bad, but thinking makes it so. Oh. We get to choose it. Aristotle said the same thing. That's right? awesome. So, That's huh. going up on my deck desk. Uh, you want to get in touch with uh, Dr. Gans, you can. The website, drgans.com. Mm-hmm. Check it out. You'll be joining us again just before Christmas, December 20th. Yep. That'll be a fun one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you bring the eggnog, okay? All right. All righty. Uh, the 4 o'clock news with Eileen Bell coming straight up. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.